Bible must have happened because Brother Thank John you for being moved here back in the house forward to so praise the Lord. Here looking forward to what Glad to Lord see he's finally getting his heart right Let's with the Lord. And, and thanks. So. All right. So well, do appreciate you sticking around for our afternoon service. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, we again thank you for this day. Thank you for the good service we had this morning. Pray that you would again speak to our hearts and, and give us exactly what we need to hear this morning. Pray that your spirit would be uh, with us this morning and, and Lord, have your will and your way in our lives. Amen. Thank you let's all grab a hymnal, turn to page 445, right, standing on the promises. I heard a preacher Blessed say you can't stand on the promises when you're sitting on the premises. We'll so let's sit, so let's all stand and sing standing on the promises, page number 445. We'll sing all four verses. And see, that's the we'll experience the first, that's happening here in chapter number nine of the book of Acts. We're going to read that and uh, we'll see what happens here. This is the conversion of Saul. The Bible says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of, uh, of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that it 
that he be found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished his head. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go to unto a city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray as we no doubt, no matter if we're young or old, that our desire should be, what would you have me to do? And Lord, I pray as we examine our hearts, examine your word, Lord, that you would reveal that to us this morning. We've learned some things about your will this morning. Thank you for all that you do. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the experience happened here, we just talked about that, as Saul comes into a face-to-face encounter with the Lord. And notice what he says. He asks a couple questions. Number one, and very important questions, and I believe these are questions that we need to ask as well. Number first question he says there in verse 7, he says, Who art thou? The Bible says, uh, or he says, Who art thou? This is the single most important question in all of life. Who is Jesus to you? If he's just some high, uh, some good man or some uh, uh, teacher, some rabbi, then he's not the God of the heavens. You see, who is God to you? Your answer determines where you will spend eternity. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the one that takes away the sins of the world. But then I want you to notice the second question I believe is, is, uh, is very important as well. He says, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Lord, what would you have me to do? This is the second most important question in life, I believe. God's will and his will alone should be on the heart's desire of every born-again child of God. See, the context, Paul was told to go into a city and there he would be told what to do. There in verse 6 he said that. And, and God's, will, uh, uh, God's will would be told to him. Notice that God did not hide his will from, from Paul. And he will not hide it from us. This morning, I'm going to preach to you about, uh, about this thought. It is that easy. See, sometimes we have this thought that God's will is just, oh man, you can't know it. I mean, unless you're just something special. And I'm going to give you some theories about this. Before you can know God's will for your life, you must have an understanding of how God's will operates. And there are three ways in which we may understand God's will a little bit better. Number one, there's God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will. This is a decision of God that is always going to be carried out. Nothing in this universe is ever going to change it. It's God's sovereign will. God is God and He accomplished what He wishes. And God's sovereign, he, uh, governs, God's sovereign will is mysterious and only God knows God's uh, sovereign will. But then there's God's moral will. God's moral will. This too is forever settled and unchanging. Some things are right and some things are wrong. It, it matters not what society says. Now you think about this. Society says right now, they say abortion is okay. God says it's not. 
moral, God's sovereign or His moral law. All right, wrong. as you're making your way the, back to your seat, will, uh, will is revealed in the Word of God, and this is how we find out what God's moral will is. If God's for it, we know it in God's Word. If He's against it, uh, it's revealed in God's Word. Revive That's God's again, moral page number will. Five, but then there's God's particular will. And he has a will that is particular and, and uh, uh, peculiar to each person. You think about there in Saul's life, in, nine, uh, Saul, uh, in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, uh, the Bible says this, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he, has cho- for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. God had a particular will for Saul or for Paul. And this particular will will vary from saint to saint. God hasn't called every person to do the same exact thing. Or we'd have a bunch of pastors up here preaching. God has called, he's got a particular will for each particular person. And I can see all three aspects of God's will in my life. You see, it was his sovereign will that he sent his son to die for man's sins and to provide salvation to all who believe. I see that in my life. I see his moral will that I, uh, uh, that, that I stopped cussing and drinking and, and doing those things that I shouldn't be doing. That's God's moral will that he's revealed to us. But then I've seen his particular will for my life that I become a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has called me to that particular position. Even though you and I are such a small part of God's vast creation and our lives seem very insignificant, God knows you. He even knows the very hairs of your head and they are numbered, the Bible says. And as a result, He has designed a particular plan for each person uh, in this world. He has promised to reveal it to you and to guide you into it. Before you, we, we get to know how, what God's will is, I want to Good first give you morning. Uh, some myths about God's will. Some myths about God's will. Sometimes and, we think uh, that God's Peyton will is a roadmap. God will give you a roadmap. So you're stuck with me. You know, so. God does not give roadmaps. We got he gives it, relationships. Though, and as you follow you Him, He will reveal uh, His will in your life. With us. Thank you for being here. He will reveal morning. those things. And then there's another there's misconception or myth or do, that God doesn't want you to have any fun this morning. And, uh, you ever and thought about that? For being here. Well, as, I mean, as uh, if I follow God's take plan, it for granted that you're here this morning, life, I'm gonna be we're going to uh, I'm not continue uh, looking in the book of Joshua. I've been studying the book of Joshua some for see some God's time will right as now, a joy. And, and Lord's been giving me messages. And, that is, if you uh, surrender to, ago, to do His will, the, you will have a hard and unhappy life. Message I called God's going to make me do something that you would never want. The other day, and he said, "You know, Pastor," he says. I, I said after we that went message to New York City, and I said, why is that? Funny he said, I pictured I Aiken New walking around with a mullet the whole, the whole time you were preaching. It's not and, that it's uh, awful, uh, so but it's I hope awful. you got a little bit more out of I, that. I cannot than, stand uh, just, uh, the driving. Thinking of Billy Ray I mean, it's Cyrus crazy. There, but, I mean, bumper to bumper, anyways, people are going to be in Joshua chapter number 8 this morning. Joshua chapter number 8. I just hate sitting in traffic. Our text speaks about a tiny city by the name of Ai. And um, we to, from all uh, indications, there. this city should have been miles. a, uh, been a two and a half hours. They been a, Israel should have been able to destroy AI, I no problem. There. 
I uh, nothing, uh, no, but no I problems at all. But I could there in that mountain. Uh, they marched through Canaan and, and, and to crazy. march through Canaan. But I told my wife, I said, you know what? However, in chapter 7 when we come and Israel experienced her only defeat uh, that happened by the city of Ai, this small city. And in this battle, 36 of Israelite soldiers were killed. The one place that I don't want to go. forced to flee. Uh, we're God's talking a little bit about Africa. that. And if I believe I just, that Israel experienced will, this loss, gonna, this never battle, this, this defeat for a couple of reasons. First, I'm have I believe that hut. they failed to, to seek the Lord before they went into battle. Bugs and worms that should be serve as a reminder it's just gonna be that we miserable. need to seek the Lord every day. In every situation, we need to have uh, His His heart at mind. We need to make sure we're doing what He wants us to do. See, that what happened was after winning that big battle in Jericho, after winning the... They seen the you victory know, the, uh, there, the, the walls fall the down. They, after they seen that, they get, became a little bit arrogant and prideful, and uh, and, and they assumed that they were beyond defeat. They just thought, we got this, Thank this God is no problem. However, they learned differently. If God calls me to Another Africa, reason I believe they suffered this defeat was because there was be sin in the camp. We These talked about that, that with Achan, and when Israel faced uh, Jericho in chapter 6... They were commanded to destroy David the city. I mean, wife, get rid of everything. They would take the wealth of the city and to dedicate that to the it Lord. And a man by the name of Achan took that now, and uh, took some of the wealth for himself, which Hawaii, brought the wrath of God like upon okay. him and his family and the whole. Uh, I was talking all to someone the other day, and they really? said there was a mission. And because of these two failures, Israel suffered a tragic loss there in Ai. We have this. The Lord used this defeat at Ai for a reason to. Talking to him about, uh, he used it to teach uh, you know, Israel the importance of holy living situations and like, uh, seeking even, the Lord in every situation. He uses defeat to teach them that the danger of, of pride and arrogance. His particular uh, one of the most viable lessons and uh, learned by the Israelites was the truth that they needed the Lord in every situation. Doing it. Folks, we can see ourselves there. We need him in every situation we come but through in life. We have this. See, he, we need his presence, his power. If we're going to walk in victory people. today, we need him. God's will is not limited to those. See, there's a position. sense in which we, as believers, he just doesn't speak a lot like the Pauls and the Spurgeons. If you're a child of God, the Grams, then you know something and, about and battles. Really, Sundays we all face all those them from special time to time. We're going to face battles. You know he that he has have a will for three very powerful enemies: sin, self, and Satan. Of commitment. We we face that if every day we face his these will, three things, and as child of, uh, as a child of God, but each but of these enemies can be defeated There's if they're handled one. according you to have the to will wait of God. On a Damascus and as we move into experience. these verses, I want you to see that I've got AI is something pictures the flesh, crazy pictures the flesh. One of our enemies. The word AI means a heap of ruins, a heap of ruins. And that is a good way well, to describe our some flesh. Isn't it? Certainly it's just are a heap dramatic. of ruins. And it uh, uh, it's a by. Paul reminds us about this wickedness of our God flesh in Romans 7 18. He says, For I know and, that in and, me, and that is my flesh, he's uh, saying, dwelleth no good thing. Our flesh voice. is dead. It needs to, to die. And, and then it's God, absolutely have this that God only reveals the AI is first mentioned in the book of That's Genesis in connection with the life of Abraham when God told Abraham, He said, and 
Abraham pitched his tent between Bethel and between Ai. And remember the name of Bethel means the house of God. If he so finished with like you, Abraham, many of God's people pitch your tents. They, they, you're they sitting pitch your tents on the there sidelines, between the house of God and a heap of ruins. It is never too That's where we, we find ourselves many times. We're one foot in the world and one foot in the house of God or one foot for the Lord. And we have. And the thing of it is, is that God doesn't work in that way. God wants you completely in. He wants all of you. He doesn't just want a part of you. He wants all of you. That's absurd to think. We need to dedicate ourselves to that. Do you see the connection here is the reality. You can either live in a place of victory or you can live in a place of ruin. Brother Phil said something yesterday. A place of defeat and misery. The kind of life you live will be determined by where you pitch your tent. Where you decide to say, you know, this is where I'm going to live. I'm going to live right there in the middle between AI and Bethel or I'm going to live in AI or I'm going to live in Bethel. But see, the problem is this. The choice is up to you. I can't make that decision for you, and no one else can make it for you. You have to make that decision. Just like Israel, we often lose battles to our flesh. But by God's help, we can learn how to defeat the flesh and walk in spiritual victories. See, I do not know the battles that you're fighting right now with the flesh, but I do know that you can experience a victory. I do know that. Know the These verses have something to teach us about how not uh, victory can become a reality in our lives. By doing and I want you to notice some things. So I've titled the message, Another Chance. Uh, you're never going to know what God wants you, you to do. You ever failed? You ever messed up? being spoon-fed sure on Sundays, we, you need to get in God's Word month, Sunday through Sunday and be in God's, God's Word and reading and having God a walk gives with us God. That's chances, that is active Christianity. That's getting involved uh, uh, and finding to, out for yourself what God has you to do. And I want to and share some things some with you from Joshua chapter number 8. We're going to look there in verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee and arise go up to Ai see I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land and thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst unto Jericho and to her king only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall be take for a prey unto yourselves lay thee an ambush for the city Behind it, let's pray once again. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, again, thank you for God's this opportunity to be in your house, to God. worship and to praise you. God's will Lord, I realize this morning not, I need your he help. Just hide, Lord, every person in this room needs your help. Us but Lord, this morning I pray that you'll use this simple lesson, this simple message now of that life to discuss several misconceptions for the will of God. Or most importantly this morning, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Speak. Holy Spirit of God, as only you God's can. Deal with hearts as only you can. Is Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, Lord, that is to say the God expects certain things from For us. that one that's maybe discouraged and or disheartened or away from you, Lord, that needs that second chance, Lord, I pray that you would just revive their heart, that you know would give them what his will a zeal is. and a, a desire one, to... Uh, to, to do to it again and to uh, live for you. Lord, I Whatever thank you for God what you're going to do. We'll give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor Just that comes from it. Day. In Jesus' name. It's that Amen. simple. Saul wanted I want God's you to notice some things about another chance at victory. We say, okay, God, I want victory that is promised. 
Brother you know, Brian each one of us, we have a promise. We have a victory that is promised to us. To Notice the words of this promise. Look That's there again in verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither thou be dismayed. Take all the people who are with thee, and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. God has given them a promise here. He's given some words of promise. And if God ever says something, to you, you can take it to the bank. Say, it is you know a what? promise. I remember my dad says, uh, when I was younger, dad says a man's word ought to be, uh, you shouldn't have to sign all these contracts. A man's word should today. be a bonding. And he taught me that and, and taught me some things about, hey, be a man it's of your word. Well, the thing that is, is that man will mistake you. They will give you problems. They will uh, sue you. And they're not going to be men of the word. Some men aren't. But I can tell you this, that God is always a man of his word. God will always keep his word. If he says it, you can guarantee it's going to happen. So God says now, this time, he says, he says, Joshua, go into the land. I'm giving you the victory. Now, remember, they went into Ai before, but they didn't go with God's blessings, and they were utterly destroyed. They had 36 people got uh, suffered death because of it. But now God is saying, hey, I'm giving you a promise. You're going to have the victory. Well, they start. They have classes January, God has you filled his word I mean, she with was promises all excited about it. I'm like, wait, we got to sell something. we got to get all these things. He's given and us you know great and precious promises that we can claim. And we, hey, listen, they're God at our fingertips. Everything. All I, we I have like, to well, do is i got to find a college. I don't know where to go. See, it's I, interesting I, I, that the Lord called them to I've got a job. I've got to make money. I've got to get all this. You know, every single step. God knew that they needed to overcome AI before they could move on to... Uh, conquer uh, Canaan land. She was there to the same is true for us. Say, you know How what? many God times have you lost the battle to the Using flesh? Using my own words on me. Can I say probably daily? We need to be willing to we obey him. We fail. Whatever he tells us to do, just How many willing. times have you been defeated by this old sinful nature? How many times have you fallen and wondered if you would ever get back to where you should be? The meek will he guide if that's been your experience, the, meek, the Lord has a promise for you. Notice this. He will teach He told Joshua, he says, Saul display, uh, displayed a teachable spirit. I have given if you are teachable into thy hand, and, uh, the king and of thank you, uh, and people, teachable and thank that you already know everything. He said, I've given it to you. Will never find to those who have fallen, to those who have lost the battle to the flesh. God is saying, "Fear not! I have, I am able to give you the victory." God's guidance. God has made some tremendous promises to His children that we need to claim, and we do not have to live in defeat. God wants us to have life, and if God has not shown you anything, perhaps you should examine your life to see just how much time you really spent with Him. But thanks be unto God, which give us too often He's speaking, but no one's listening. The Lord did not save you to leave you here Saul, defeated here and discouraged eight, nine, and beaten eight, nine, and enslaved to Saul the flesh. From the earth. He saved you to set you open, free, no to man, enable you to walk in victory, hand, uh, and he gives and, uh, to all those who will walk according to his will three days without victory. sight, and neither did he eat nor Then drink. I want you to notice only as the, soon not as only the words of promise, but notice the wisdom and patience. what God told him to do. You, know, you ever Again, heard the expression God probably the is not going to reveal his will to someone who is going Joshua to do it anyway. That's what Joshua and the Israelites did here. 
They were if all areas of your life are yielded and open to his will, then that's you what happened to Achan. He, he got the cart before the horse. Years. Notice the Lord tells him in Ask verse 2, he says, And thou shalt do to Ai and to her kings as thou didst to Jericho and to her kings. Only the spoils thereof, notice now this, the cattle thereof shall be taken for a prey unto yourself, lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. He's saying, Hey, I'm going to give you some things now. Be a Notice, there at Ai and Jericho and was, uh, he's saying, I'm going to give you the victory. And they allowed them to take the spoils this time for themselves. The if Achan would have just waited a few more days, to, to finish it. if he would have just waited on the Lord, he, he could have had all the riches that he wanted, that he could imagine. Instead, he ran ahead of God and grabbed for himself what he wanted. Or what king going to build and he paid a, a terrible war against another it. king sitteth not down first? This and is a lesson for you whether he be today. able to with ten thousand and if to we meet could him just and come again on God, uh, him with twenty thousand, just or learn else, to wait on God is yet and let him off, lead and bring us an bring things into our lives, uh, the things that we need, desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, be whosoever off he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, see the thing that is is the flesh. AI well, God is, is simply saying that He's not saying you need to hate your We're brother. We're impatient. Don't you believe me. You need to hate your sister. You need to hate your mom. You've you heard me say this. Dad. You need to hate your job. You need to hate everything. Go to a, you go to a stoplight. To no, He's saying you've got to love me first. And as soon as that light turns green, just sit there for I've a got second. to hold first one position second. in my li- in your life. I've got to be the priority. Just one second. And until we get to that point, We're the person not behind you. I mean, they're going bonkers. The thing is, God's guidance is practical. Sometimes that person's you. God's will, God will Sometimes reveal His will me. in ways that will be plain. We're impatient. We want instant to understand. Popcorn. He used several gratification. We want all this stuff. We want our way. We want it now. Ways, but God well, used miracles in the thing Bible. Thing of it is, is that. That's and not the, the way God. The, what happened to Saul? Designed it. We make Normally our plans. We do our things, and uh, and and never check with like God about it. Like then, when we Saul. make a mess out of our this lives, we expect God to clean it up in fashion. But don't in this fashion. But don't. When we wait learn to wait on the Lord. To we're, happen we're well before you start to on our way him. to victory. Don't in this wait for this. The Bible says, "Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen thy heart." Wait, I say, on the Lord. And God has revealed some. Then I want you to notice miracles, but that's not His primary way. The victory must. But then, and I think this See, is the primary way. We must embrace God's plan. There in verse 3, it says, So Joshua arose after he got God's the word. command and the promise. He arose and all the people never find of war to go of up word. against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 mighty men of valor and, and sent them says, away said, by night. Now, Lord? remember what and happened before? Said, I am Jesus only, whom thou only take about 2,000. It'd be, ah, oh, just take about 2,000. This time God has given him specific plans. He, and he's saying, he's saying, take about 30,000 here. And, uh, and he commanded them, saying, Behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but ye, uh, but be ye all ready. And I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city, and it shall come to pass when they come out against us at, uh, as at the first, that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us till we have 
have drawn them from the city, for they will say they flee before us as the first. Therefore, we will flee before uh, before them. Then we shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it into your hands. And it shall be when ye have uh, taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. Joshua therefore sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush and abode between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up and he and the elders of Israel before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them in line in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the host of the north of the city and their liars in wait of the west of the city, Joshua went that night into the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it that they hasted and rose up early and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at the time of appointed before the plain. But he wist not that they were liars in ambush against the uh, behind the city, I and Joshua and all Israel made as it were. Uh, they I were beaten before them the and fled God. by the way of the uh, wilderness. And all the people that were God's in Ai were called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and drawn away from the city. And there was not a the man left in Ai or Bethel that went not out not after Israel. And they left the city open and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out and spit the spear that is in thine hand toward Ai, for I will give it into thy hand. And Joshua Joshua stretched forth the, fear, the spear, word. and he went, and he had in his hand toward the and city. He reveal that to you. Notice here, God told them in exact detail Our how Father, they were going to get the victory. Thank you for how you they were to lay an ambush for Ai. Message. And they and would take the city of all the inhabitants Lord, here. Lord, and Israel Lord, learned Lord, at Jericho what would happen if they obeyed and listened to God. They would obtain victory. But they also learned in Ai what would happen if they decide to do it their way. That they would experience uh, tragedy. They would experience defeat. Hey, listen, this should be a, uh, uh, this should serve for us that we need to know that if we will listen to God, we can experience victory. If we want to do it our way, we're going to experience defeat. Thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name. You need to learn this lesson today. See, we're talking about people that want to fight too hard. I encourage you to find a place to the altar. Maybe you don't. If you're going to pursue victory over the flesh, I've been struggling with knowing what God would have me do. I've been struggling. I'm on Ash Today. Spiritual plan. His spiritual system must be made a huge part of our life. What is that? We need the Word of God. And if you have, have you been? We need to be about you. reading God's Not just Word. Reading we need to be about to read, prayer. These are all things. These are the fundamentals. We need to be faithful in church attendance. We need the constant fellowship of the saints. Uh, these basic fundamentals. That. We need these if things just say, to help us obtain the victory. I want to know what you have for me. See, none of these things will give us the victory in of themselves. But each of them need to... Well bring strength be no to doubts. us as we grow in the Lord. No questions. When we begin to neglect one of these spiritual things, we begin to become in trouble. We begin to trouble ourselves. We need to feed, we need 
when we feed the flesh and ignore right, the spiritual so needs that we have, this morning. Let's it is a sign of future problems that's going to come. come. back Wednesday night for see what so we the need to embrace God's plan, do it and, God's uh, way, but then we uh, need to ex- we'll experience go God's power. Brother Tim, sir, would you verses 18 through 23 there? We read 18, it says, An ambush arose quickly out of their place, and they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered into the city, and he took it and hasted and set the city on fire. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended up to heaven, and they had no power to flee this way or to that way. And the people that fled to the wilderness turned back into their pursuers. And when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the uh, smoke of the city ascended. Then they turned again and slew the men of Ai. And the others issue, the other issue out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel, some on this side and some on that side. And they smote them so that they uh, uh, let none of them escape or remain. And the king of Ai, they took alive and brought him to Joshua. See, when we do it God's way, we're going to experience God's power. You've heard me say this, that God never, uh, God uh, doesn't necessarily call the gifted. He gifts the called. God's the one that enables us. There's no, can I say this? There's no one special in here. There's no one that says, you know what? You're, I'm not special. I'm not, because I'm the pastor, that doesn't make me special. You know what? God has gifted me with the things that he's given to me. It's not because I'm just such an eloquent speaker, because you all know I'm not. It's not because if anything that ever good happens, it's because of God's goodness to me. It's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done. It's because of his power. And we can walk in his power and experience the victory. There's a lesson for us, for those who struggle with the flesh. The battle with your flesh will not be won in your abilities because you can't say no to sin. Oh, you may be able to say no one time, but sin has a way of rearing its ugly head up when you're at your weakest moments. The battle will not be won because you are more powerful than than the uh, temptations that you face because you're not. You see, there is just one way for us to prevail in this battle, and that is for us to learn to incorporate the power of God on our lives. See, we're unable to fight against the flesh and the sin and the world in our own power. We need to realize that when we cannot win the battle, He can. The Bible says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Uh, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. All these things are telling us and reminding us of God's power, not our own. The only way any of us will ever see victory over this flesh is through the power of God. But then we need to enjoy God's performance. There in verse 24 through 26, let's read what it says. It says, And it came to pass, when Israel had made the end of the slain, all the inhabitants of Ai in the field, 
in the wilderness wherein they chased them. And when they were all fallen on the edge of the sword until they were uh, consumed, that all the Israelites returned unto Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. And so it was that all the fl- uh, that fell that day, both men and women, were 12,000, even all the men of Ai. And Joshua drew not his hand back wherewith he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. These verses tell us that Israel trusted in the Lord and absolutely prevailed over their enemies. God did what he said he was going to do. We're serving the very same God today as Joshua and the Israelites served back then. He hasn't changed not one bit. He's still the same God today and he always has been the same and he always will be. You can count on God to keep his word. When we are engaged in a battle with flesh, we can count on God to enable us, to to give us the victory. You see, He's all-powerful, and He's able to to help us when we're fighting against this flesh. Then the last thing I want you to notice in verse 27 through 35, notice the victory that's preserved. Notice the victory that's preserved. The Bible says, Only the cattle and of the spoils of the city... Of Israel took uh, for they uh, a prey unto themselves according uh, to the word of the Lord, which he commanded Joshua. And Joshua burned Ai, and it made it a heap of uh, forever, even a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until eventide. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his carcass down from the tree and cast it into the entering of the gates of the city and raise thereon a great heap of stones that he remaineth unto this. Day. And Joshua built an altar unto the Lord God of Israel in Mount Ebal. And Moses, uh, the servant of the Lord, commanded, the, uh, as Moses, of the servant of the Lord, commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of whole stones over which no man hath lift up any stone. Uh, uh, any iron, and they offered thereon burnt offerings upon the, uh, unto the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. Notice here. There is a victory that's preserved. At this point in this story, Israel has followed God's plan. Uh, They've received the victory. And now they must maintain this victory. We've experienced victories, but now we have to keep the victory. You see, this takes two steps that makes this a reality for us. We can achieve the victory over the flesh... We can walk in the will of God and truly spiritual and be truly spiritual. We can be holy. We can live right. If we are going to maintain the victory, though, it's going to take some things. It's going to number one. It's going to take. It's going to be preserved by death. There in verse twenty-seven through twenty-nine, we just read that how that everything was utterly destroyed. Notice that they did not leave a single person alive. No one from the king down to the humblest servant was spared the death in this battle. God knew that the enemy had to be totally eradicated for them to get the victory. A lesson for us is this for us today. Your flesh is still alive. But it must be put to death daily. Some say when a person gets saved, the flesh dies. That's wrong. The flesh is still as strong today as it ever has been. 
See, your flesh is as alive today as it ever. It still likes the things that it liked before. And if you turn it loose, it will run wild and it will run to sin. Your flesh is not saved. It's your spirit. And your flesh is not holy. Your flesh is rotten and it hates God and everything that He stands for. It must die daily. See, we don't crucify the flesh to gratify it. By, by gratifying it. You cannot feed every lust that enters into your, into your mind and claim the living a life of victory for the Lord. The Bible says this, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. See, the flesh must be reckoned daily. Every day. Paul said this, I die daily. He wasn't saying that he physically died daily. He was saying I'm, 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 I'm sacrificing my flesh. I'm sacrificing my desires of the flesh. I'm going to live for Christ. Listen, this is the conscious decision that is made and must be made in every situation of our lives. The fact is we never truly fall into sin, do we? We usually walk into it with open eyes. We sin because we do not flee, this, flee sin. We sin because, because we allow sin to control us we, uh, and we don't yield to the Spirit of God. So I'm thankful that there's coming a day when this battle is going to be over. You say, Pastor, you believe that there... Yeah, when we die and we go to heaven, we'll no longer have this flesh to deal with. But then victory is pursued by devotion. By devotion. After the enemy had eradicated, uh, had been eradicated and the victory had been preserved, Israel finished by doing what the Lord had told him to do in Deuteronomy chapter 27 and through chapter 28. Half of the nation was sent to Mount Ebal, and ha- the other half of the nation was sent to Mount Gerizim. And the Levites were to stand in the valley between the two mountains, and they were to read the cursings and the blessings. And when they, uh, uh, when they read the cursings, the crowd from Mount Ebal was to shout, Amen. And when, when the, they read the blessings, the crowd, the, the, the crowd from Mount Gerson was to shout, Amen. And this exercise was to remind them that God would bless and would, He would uh, bless those things that He would bless. And uh, He also refer, uh, reaffirmed to them the commitment to the, live a life for Christ. God's going to keep His word. So in obedience to the command of the Lord, Israel made this trip to the mountains and they stood there facing each other across this valley and as the commandments were read, they shouted, Amen. There was a devotion to the living God. They were saying, God, we understand that if we do what you tell us to do, we can experience the victory. We also understand if we don't do what you tell us to do, we're going to experience the cursings. Folks, that's, if you read through the Bible, the Old Testament, what did you see in the life of Israel? Blessings and cursings. Blessings and cursings. Look at your life. I'm not saying that everything, that if you're living for God, you're reading your Bible, you're faithful to God's Word, that you're not going to experience troubles and trials and heartaches. Because you will. What I'm saying is this, that when you're going through those things, you have the blessings of God's peace and comfort and contentment even through those things. 
See, before Israel worshipped on the mountain, they built an altar, and Joshua wrote the words of the law of God in the presence of all the people. The altar was a place of death. It was a place of sacrifice. It served to remind them that they did not achieve anything in their own power, that they had to rely only on God to give them the victory. They built an altar without tools, uh, reminding them that the victory over Ai was entirely the work of God and not the works of themselves. The victory was not about them. It was about Him. If we intend to enjoy God's blessings in this life, we must learn to walk in the will of God. Before we can ever shout on the mountain, Amen, we must first kneel at the altar and acknowledge that we are incapable of fighting these battles on our own. We need Him in our lives. See, the path of lasting victory, the path of lasting victory begins at the altar, a place of sacrifice, and on your knees. See, who would be honest with me today? And say, you know, preacher, this message has been for me. I, I've, I've had a terrible battle with the flesh today. I've, I've been battling the flesh, and I need help to overcome it today. If that describes you, there's victory in the Lord. God has a promise for you. He wants you to experience the victory. If you have lost the battle to the flesh, and you've been whipped on, you've been whooped again and again, there's forgiveness in the Lord. God says in 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful that God gives us another chance? I don't know about you, but I've failed Him on a daily, I failed Him daily. Whether it's attitude, whether it's something that I've said, something I've done, sins of omission or sins of commission, I've, I've failed him so many times, and I'm thankful that God gives me another chance. God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. If you need to lay an ambush for your flesh, God has a strategy, He has a plan to help you to get to victory. Some here might be dealing with lust or with some anger issue or bitterness or some besetting sin. Some here sneaking around doing things that they know isn't right. The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. You may be able to hide it from everybody else, but God sees it and He knows what you're doing. And you may be thinking you're getting away with it, but there is a day of reckoning coming. See, I warn you now that if you keep letting your flesh feed itself and grow stronger, there will come a day real soon when it will take over your life. I've seen lives destroyed because of sins of the flesh. Say, ah, oh, pastor, I've got it under control. I can handle my sin. I've got a, I've got a handle on it. No, you don't. You cannot get the victory outside of the Lord. You need Him. I want to warn you that you can't keep the flesh feeding itself. Others here have never been saved. You've never been saved. You've never trusted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today's the day of salvation and now is the accepted time. It's not... My way, it's not the Baptist way, but it's the Bible way. You must realize you're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Recognize there's a penalty for sin. Because we've sinned, we deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. 
We rely only on Jesus to save us. We confess with our, with our mouths and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Saved people go to heaven. Unsaved people go to hell. This morning my question is this. Are you saved or are you unsaved? I don't know. Only you know. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. You're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't. I don't even know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. I've got some questions, I've got some doubts, I just don't know. I know this message this morning wasn't primarily for the lost, but if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you'll never experience the victory until first you're saved. You must be saved. You hear and you say, Pastor, I've never been saved. I've never trusted Jesus. I've got some questions. I've got some doubts. I just don't know for sure if I was to die today, I'd go to heaven. Pastor, would you please pray for me? I'm not going to come get you. I won't embarrass you. I won't do anything like that. I just want to pray for you. Would you be honest enough? No one else is looking around. Would you be honest enough? Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Please pray for me. I don't know for sure. Anyone like that? Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm saved. But I've been fighting the flesh. And the flesh has been getting the victory. Pastor, I need your prayers. I need to get victory over the flesh. Pastor, please pray for me. Anyone like that? All right, yes. However the Lord dealt with you this morning, I just want you to be obedient to whatever he has for you. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises in your word. Lord, we thank you for how you have promised us the victory over the flesh. We don't have to leave defeated, live defeated, discouraged lives. Lord, that you want us to have life and to have it more abundantly. Lord, I pray for those that realize this morning that there's some flesh, there's some battles that they've been facing, and Lord, they need the victory. God, I pray that you will just give them that victory, Lord, that you will work in their hearts. Lord, they need to be busy about obedient to your word. Lord, as we heard in the devotion yesterday, being active and passive Christians, Lord, as, as passive Christians, we just be uh, listen to the message on Sundays, and, and that's all the, the preaching, all the, all the gospel we get. But, Lord, we need to be active, getting in your word every day and reading and praying and, and walking and communing with you. Lord, I pray that you would do a work that only you can get the glory for. Thank you for all that you do. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet? Brother Adam's going to begin playing softly. God spoke to your heart. The invitation's open if you need to come and pray. If you want someone to pray with you, we'd love to do that. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we can open up God's Word and show you from the Word of God how you can know today that heaven's your home. Maybe you've been discouraged or defeated or disheartened. Because the sin, I'm telling you, sin is a, when you're battling the flesh, it's a, it's a heavy battle. You need to experience the victory. Won't you come?
Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We'll go ahead and have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings. As they're coming, let me remind you of a few things here. Um, on March the 29th is our Lord's Supper, and what we'll be doing, we'll have the, observe the Lord's Supper in the morning service, and then in the afternoon we're going to have dinner on the ground, so asking that you would bring a, a covered dish. The church will provide the meat, and so if you would like to come to that, that's uh, March the 29th, the last Sunday of the month. Then April the 4th is our prayer breakfast. April the 5th is our, uh, we'll be having a, a business meeting in our afternoon service. And then April the 10th is our Good Friday service. Now, please make note of this. It was scheduled to have it at, uh, at Faith Baptist Church in Cunot. We've, uh, we're scheduling it to have it here this year. Um, so we will be hosting it. And what I'm asking for you to do is bring desserts because we're going to have just a little fellowship afterwards. So, uh, and we'll probably have three or 400 people here. Somewhere around there. So please, uh, if you could help us out with that, I'll get with Miss Pam, uh, some of the ladies, and see if they can help me organize that. But uh, we need to have plenty of uh, cookies and desserts. And I told, I promised Pastor West that we'd have pastor cookies. That's chocolate chip cookies. So we'll make sure we have that. And uh, but anyway, so please plan on being here for our Good Friday service, April the tenth at seven o'clock. April the twelfth is our Resurrection Sunday service. We'll have a sunrise service at 7.30, and then we'll have breakfast here, and then we'll have our afternoon, our Sunday school and afternoon service, our morning service. And then on the 26th through the 29th, begin praying now our revival with Brother uh, uh, Bobby Sanders. Remind, uh, just uh, start praying about that even now. Happy anniversary to Brother Greg and Miss Suzanne. So they have an anniversary this week, and so praise the Lord for that. Um, and then also pray for our mis- missionaries, our new missionaries. We just took them on a couple weeks, the Steinbart family. Our Deacon of the Week, Brother Danny Lovejoy. Our Family of the Week, Miss Virginia Arnold. And then our uh, Trustee of the Week, Brother Sean McGinnis. Remember these folks in your prayers, if you would, please. Brother Jimmy, sir, would you please?
I thank you for your giving this morning. We're going to take a five-minute break, what we'll do, and let, and let those that need to uh, go ahead and leave, and then we'll have our afternoon service. So right at 1130, we'll start our afternoon service, and then uh, just want to let you know we're going to be preaching on God's will. And so that's a question that's asked to me all the time. Pastor, what's God's will? And so we're going to get into that a little bit this afternoon, and uh, just, a, just a short devotion this, morning, this afternoon. And so uh, we'll all stand and close in word of prayer. Thank you again for being here. If you're able to stick around for our afternoon service, appreciate that as well. Let's close in word of prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, <clears throat> Brother Sean McGinnis, sir, would you close the same? praise you for giving us this day and Lord we thank you for your word and thank you for our pastor Lord and his diligence to your word and the study of it. Father we just ask that you would just bless us and uh, just be with us in the second service Lord and just feed us from your word help us Lord to be attentive to it and to put it into shoe leather in our daily lives. Lord I thank you for the visitors that are here and my brothers and sisters in Christ Lord and just ask that you be with us and just help us to keep you at the forefront of our lives you know, on a daily basis. And Lord, again, we just thank you for giving us this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.